Digicom Weekly Growth Marketing Podcast. Hey guys, it's Heyman from Digicom here with another week of our growth marketing podcast. This week, we're going to talk about a number of different tests you can run um, across various ad platforms. Uh, if you like our content, don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe, or give us a follow. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of testing creatives and optimizing Facebook, the importance of running isolated tests, uh, unleashing the potential of dynamic ads, talking through ad copy, audience segmentation, budget optimization. So we have a lot. All right. Uh, let's talk about the importance of creative testing and, and not that it was not important earlier, but um, I think it has got even more important, especially after the iOS update. Even do you want to talk through the changes that you've noticed and, and how aggressive creative testing can really make a lot of difference in the, the, the final results you get? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, post iOS, like Facebook's been arming their algorithm to essentially figure out a lot of the audiences you should be going after. So post iOS, we started to see broad audiences work a lot better than niche audience. And that's also primarily because like CPMs aren't taxed as much as, you know, targeting interest audience or lookalikes. Sometimes we're seeing like 30, 40% lower CPMs on broader audiences. But it's, it's very important to pair the right creatives uh, for your brand. And, you know, there's a number of different creative styles that uh, we'll, we'll talk through to test like video, static, GIF. But adding into that, something I like to do is add an attribute column to your creative report. So say you you hop into an ad platform, you download multiple, you know, you download all of the ads across uh, the ad platforms. Uh, what I would do is create a column in Excel where you're tagging the attributes of each ad. Maybe it's the color, maybe it's the type of messaging, and then pivot that data to see what attributes drive the highest converting creatives or have the best engagement and using that type of segmentation strategy can really inform you and you can find out certain things about colors or messaging or if it's a product shot or an experience shot in terms of like what works in your ad creative strategy. Awesome. Um, really cool you called out about, you know, tracking those attributes for all, all creatives. Been guilty myself and I, we, we see that all the time. We begin testing, you've just got a few creators, but very soon you, you have a bunch of creatives you've tested and it's so hard to keep track of what's working, what are the common denominators. So I think that's that's uh, one key takeaway, take, take note of what's working within those creatives and then find out the common denominators. Kate. So, you know, you're you're running a number of accounts, all of them have pretty solid, you know, substantial budgets, 100K plus. And when you're running these tests, what are, you know, what's the importance of running isolated tests? Like, how are you leveraging a testing strategy across the partners you're working with? Yeah, I mean, it really does depend one on the partner. So like the client, obviously, different products require different tests, like different creatives, not everything is going to work for everyone. So the ads that we make for a grocery store are going to be vastly different than the creatives that we do for a skincare company kind of goes without saying. But even like with all those differences, the main thing that kind of like ties it all together when you're looking at creative testing is 
that structure. So like, it's really important to have everything isolated because, you know, if you're running an ad and you're going to think, I'm going to test with this new copy that we have, I'm going to test it in this new audience, and this is a new product, chances are the results you get are not going to be very relevant and or helpful to you because you're basically mixing in like six different variables. So it's almost like you need to have like a control group basically. So you're making sure that the copy that you're running with is copy that you've either used before or you just know works well for you, the audience that you're delivering your creative to, which is arguably one of the most important points because if you're delivering to a brand new audience, you have no idea how they're gonna react to your brand. Um, Chances are your creative like may not do very well at all. So you might end up writing something off that actually could be very helpful to you. So main important part really is just like isolating one variable because At the end of the day, if you're mixing stuff all together, it's going to be really hard to pinpoint what either drove performance or what might have tanked your performance. So focusing on that one variable is just going to give you like a very clear answer. And what about budgets? How are you splitting out budgets for your tests? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the way that you do creative testing. There's like a couple different options. A personal favorite of mine and kind of how we do it here at Digicom is essentially you're taking whatever your variable is. If you have several different ver- versions of that, you're putting it in a separate campaign that's just designed for creative. So you're setting aside a specific budget to kind of factor in like you need to be looking for new ads, new creatives to run because eventually whatever you are running running is going to fatigue so setting aside a budget and also kind of understanding that like not everything may work but if you do have a budget set aside you are going to eventually start finding wins for these like specific creatives um, but making sure that they're separate from the rest of your normal ads and like evergreen campaigns because otherwise you know if you dump them in there with everything else they're really not going to get the chance to basically learn. Yeah, I think like like you mentioned, like having a separate budget is always important because, you know, like there are variables we can control, but then there's also market externalities and having a separate budget allows us to test through the variables we can control in like in specific market conditions, you know, and those conditions might change time to time. If you take your tests and just roll it out across your evergreen campaigns and there's some sort of external market factor that we're not accounting for, it could just throw your entire you know campaign strategy off or tank performance just to add to this um yesterday i i got this uh, question from one of our clients and and i think this is common with almost all new accounts that we work with what do you start with what do you think is the best thing to test first and as as much as we'd like to have that you know silver bullet strategy or that direction if you don't know which products really sell well for your store you haven't sold any or it's just friends and family and then you're also testing you know the ad platform the creatives and the copy if you have some you know intuitive data from your market of what's working well it's just picking a product and running with with it and and running some consistent tests before you take a call whether that that's working for you or not so there's there's definitely room for testing if you have enough budget there but then if you do not know any of the variables the best thing to do is start with one and and test it out through Yeah, and I think, you know, with that one test, like what I like to do is identify which landing pages start to convert first. That's like part of my strategy. I know some of the team wants to figure out copy or creative, but basically like if we're launching a a new brand, maybe they've never been in market and we've never really learned anything yet. You know, I would like I like to split 
uh, homepage versus product page versus PLP, and then test the same messaging across and, you know, use the same uh, audience. Or um, when I say same messaging, I mean, you might have four ads with four different like sets of messaging that we're trying to figure out. But I run those so same creatives across all of the landing pages to identify, okay, does this work? Does this not work? And then from there, start to isolate and, you know, identify, is it the creative? Is it the landing page that is driving uh, performance? Once we kind of figure that out, then it's, then it's you know, iterative and, and audience testing and kind of building on those learnings. Dine, I know you like to use like, you know, dynamic creatives. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what's your testing strategy? Absolutely. I, I love dynamic creative, especially on a newer account, because you have so many different variables and, and manually looking for, you know, what copy angles would work, what creatives would work. I think it's best to kind of put them into a dynamic creative, let the, the machine learning, the algorithm give you direction. We I especially like to run that to a broader audience first, see which audience, which target age groups are responding, if you're getting engagement, if people are clicking through, going to the website and taking action actions and then because we have the ability to break down those numbers from the dynamic creatives look out what copy is working with which ad and then slowly split them apart run those isolated tests that we just spoke about so i think it's just giving a head start you there's both approaches work but if you if you have a bunch of creatives i think throwing them into a dynamic creative really works well cool yeah i i agree you know what about like uh format testing Right. I think um, this this was something that I realized pretty late um, after running so so much media for clients. And it's the way how you look at auctions. Every single ad that is displayed goes through an auction process. Facebook always prioritizes the kind of placement and media shows that to people who are more most likely to view that sort of media. So if you're viewing a lot of videos, you will see more video ads. If you engage on a lot of carousel ads, you will see more carousel ads. That's how the platform works. So having a mix of all those um, formats in your ad sets, it just gives you enough opportunities to be part of that auction. So if there are some carousels, you don't have a carousel and you are not going to be displayed that it's just creating more odds of you uh, winning those auctions and being seen. I agree very much with that, especially for like carousel placements, because like sometimes they only appear in certain areas. And if you don't have a version of carousel running, you know, you might just never be able to test those specific placements. Kate, what are your thoughts on, you know, copy angle testing? Many thoughts, I guess, but <laughs> in general, I mean, I think it really helps you narrow down your value props. So like one of the things that we like to do when we're first either like onboarding clients or just looking for new things to test is really like sitting down with them and digging into like what makes your product your product, what sets it apart from competitors. And then like once you have those value props in hand, so whether it's like the price or, you know, like the actual product itself, if it's something new in the market, taking that and then you're applying essentially that like one value prop across all these different styles of copy. So again, like you don't want to be flooding like every single value that you have to offer across like 10 different copies, because then once again, you're not going to be able to pinpoint like what is that one thing that's really getting people to your site, getting them to buy your product, because that like whatever that's store quality is that's essentially what you're going to be iterating on when it comes to doing even more creative testing so like making it very easy on yourself from the beginning and just figuring out like okay this is the one thing and we know that this style of copy works so obviously like there's a bunch of different angles listed here that you can do
do personally i've seen like testimonials work really well if it's a product that's very like kind of a one-time purchase or something that is maybe more expensive so if it's something like a beauty product if you're putting a customer testimonial up there that's really helping like build a sense of trust with the person that may be buying this product whereas like for our one client that does groceries you don't necessarily need to say like this food is really good because usually people can kind of <laughs> get that for themselves so that's kind of where you're gonna like lean towards maybe a different value prop so maybe you call out like you know they have free shipping other stuff like that so it's just kind of figuring out like what style of copy works well for you and then also like what style of copy works best with the value prop that you're pushing cool thanks uh Vinay, you have anything to add Yep, absolutely. One of those, uh, you know, copy angles that we talk less about on, uh, you know, taking that emotional story angle where you're not talking about any features or benefits. And an example would be, you know, there's maybe, you know, usual coffee would cost you 10 bucks. Here's a new coffee that is probably costing you 100 bucks. When you're making that product differentiation and you're now tapping into an audience that doesn't really have that you know issue with the price of a hundred dollar coffee they're looking for something else either it has to be a very specific benefit that nobody else in the market is you know has with their products and if that's not there then the the angles that really work or uh, the approach that really works is taking that story angle of you know how that product can increase your social status and it's not directly implied obviously but when you're selling a hundred dollar coffee you you don't really talk about features and benefits because it becomes much more than a ten dollar coffee so something to test that would be based on the ticket size these are definitely high ticket values hundred dollars thousand dollars you're not talking about you know what will you get immediately put put in 10 bucks get the value out of it so uh, like a, a mercedes commercial or you know a bmw commercial or a holiday the holiday is not about you just getting on a plane and here are the places you'll visit and this is what you'll eat it's about that fun it's about you know those those moments that you're spending and then it's about the pictures that you're posting to your ig that the that all of your friends family and other people see it so that social status implication, I think that's that's what is a good approach to sell high value products and definitely a copy angle that should be tried first. So selling the lifestyle and selling the imagery, you know, the story behind over just benefits. Yeah, that, that works especially well, you know, anything with like travel or if you're aspiring to be in, like if you're a brand that wants to focus on specific like lifestyle values yeah i think the story kind of you know makes sense what are your guys's thoughts in terms of like audience segmentation you know running interests broad lookalikes like how do you guys like to split how do you guys like to test um i mean personally for me this is something i normally try to figure out even before we like jump into the actual creative part of testing because again like i was saying before if you're delivering a creative to an audience that doesn't really care like obviously it's not going to do well so knowing which audience works for you and is like receptive to your product or what you're selling is like very key before you start even figuring out what exactly that audience likes about your product so typically we'll just take like whatever top performing audiences or like if we're coming in on an account that's previously been worked on kind of like parsing through figuring out what's most successful from what they've already tested and then doing creative testing based like specifically within that audience before you kind of open 
open that up towards like whatever else they may be running towards um because that's going to give you the best indication of what's working but in terms of like testing even audiences i've typically found especially now that like ios is a thing of the past the broader the audience you have the better it's going to do so that doesn't mean like you have to just do a run of network completely open you can still factor in things like interest things like lookalikes but the more like broad you make those so if you're having an interest audience basically just dumping in like as many as you think are relevant or helpful to your campaign um because then it's going to give facebook a lot better chance to sort of like target the users that you are looking for so typically we find success of like if we have an interest audience that's makeup and we have an interest audience that's skincare if you combine the two and like run that against the other two usually the broader version ends up doing better i think especially post ios like facebook's done maybe we aren't able to target the same way as we did especially like back pre print Cambridge Analytica days, those days were fun because you could just set up targeting and it's always finding the right users if you're just thinking about it. Now it's just like the Facebook algo is better with broader audiences overall. Right. I remember seeing under audience behavior, use credit cards in the last 15 days, 30 days. <laughs> that, that used to be, I, I think, as as close you can get to your target audience. With with some newer accounts, I think ad, ad accounts that haven't spent any uh, media, the pixel hasn't learned. Usually broad audiences don't work or don't uh, pick up as fast as you'd like because the the ad account doesn't have enough functional low performance based data so that's running an interest there to start with i think it gives you a head start and and gives you better performance and then once the pixel and and the account has learned about conversions maybe switching to broad testing those out with different age ranges definitely works better yeah it's it's pretty wild you know what about like budget optimization and like bid strategies like personally i like to run abo but Kate and, and Vinay, I know you guys have tested CBO quite a bunch. Like I like to have, you know, control over the budget split. That's why I prefer to run ABO. But, you know, what are your guys' thoughts? What are you guys seeing across your clients? Um, I mean, the typical answer, it depends. But if you do run um, the CBO, I think that is helpful, like especially if you have a campaign where a lot of your creatives are the same. So like some of our dynamic campaigns will run CBO just because like there's not a lot of difference in who we're targeting and what we're targeting them with. So we kind of let Facebook do its job of optimizing. I will say there is like a little bit of control that you can do for audiences in CBO. There's options to do like spend caps or spend minimums. So there is some room to play with that a little bit and kind of like force it where you want to go. I think typically ABO ends up working well for us if we are testing like a lot of different variables or like the what we're testing is vastly different compared to the other ad set in the campaign because then in that case like Facebook may in particular just decide you know that they like this one audience whether it's successful or not they're going to funnel all your spend there so it really does help to have control over that to kind of like pull back if performance isn't good and if a different audience is doing really well pushing up budgets there but usually if it's like not a lot of variety in the campaign you can typically do pretty well on a cbo cool thanks for breaking that down that way um i've also kind of restricting yourself or not trying to use too much CBO, especially in the test phases, because if you have 
lower budgets and you've not yet figured out or probably you're not getting enough volume of conversions it also puts you in a spot where the spend could be pushed towards you know one of those ad sets and the other ad sets aren't learning enough because not then they don't have enough spend and then they don't have enough conversion so kind of keeping that in mind i think once we have once we know that we drive sufficient volumes then letting cbo take over and maybe some training wheels putting those scan spend caps here and there that works really well cool thank you really want to talk about this um one last uh bit bit strategy i learned it uh, a few years back it's called uh, the bully method it's i think a brilliant advertiser called tim bird he's into um a lot of high spending media campaigns but essentially the the strategy is if you have a lot of budget and I, a lot i would say a, a lot of budget to waste and test but the strategy entails where you s- switch from automatic bidding to to a manual bid and once you've identified that you you have decent you know conversions you've identified uh, the creatives that are working your landing pages are optimized you switch to a manual mode and the way you start bidding is is close to you know probably 20 or 30 times the average bid or your even your product amount so if you if you're selling something for 200 bucks you could ideally bid for $2000 or $3000 as well now not that you'd end up paying that amount you always pay the next dollar uh, to to the second last highest bidder but what it essentially does is when you're when you're bidding so high the cpms for your your audiences will go high because you are sp- willing to spend that money all the other advertisers that are also targeting the same audiences will start seeing their uh, cpms go up and the costs go up and the performance go down usually this is the part where the bully terms comes in that a lot of advertisers who are not willing to spend that amount of money and uh, fight in the same competition they will stop ads and they will chicken out and then the moment this starts happening you have fewer people in the auction and then you would start seeing your cpa going going down again this is more of like those end strategies that you've done everything optimization and then you try this but uh, I've, i've definitely seen this work on really high spends but then you also have to probably monitor your ads every second minute because you're spending so much and you're manually bidding yeah i mean you know it's it's just like pushing out competition you know and that like oftentimes with like branded or like competitor conquest keywords it's like similar where you're just pushing up the competitors branded keywords so they start to pull back and you know oftentimes it hurts like the competitor but it also costs you a lot if you know click the rates and conversion rates aren't high enough to support like the media buying costs cool well Kate and Vinay, thank you for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys would like more information, check out our website, digicom.io, or feel free to email me directly at hemant at digicom.io.